Two cyber shuttles just landing. Who's in charge? Uh, I guess I am, as much as anyone is. Four cybermen before? No. We've run from them. Escape craft? Damaged in planetfall. I've been trying to fix it, but we've got no spare parts. Um, I've botched built a couple Finish your life story. Get everybody into the buildings and tell them do not run. Please, do as I say. This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Doctor Who podcast. You haven't heard my voice in well, maybe since last week. I think I was on. I did some. <laughs> I did some chatter last week. This is Stephen, and with me is James. Hello, Stephen. Hello, everybody. I think you're the last in the set. I think I have recorded with every current DWP host, or I will have done at the end of this episode. So great to speak to you and record with you again Stephen. same here uh i'm glad that uh, i'm glad we could finally make it happen yeah it feels like it's been a very very long time and uh, perhaps um that's as it should be uh, given the show's about time travel i'm really struggling to make a link there but uh, <laughs> probably failing and i guess uh this this is all part of the preamble before we get <laughs> into well what we've just seen and uh, and once again listeners we have come right off the back of the end credit so do not expect any detailed analysis of this episode this is a hot take as phil calls it or it's our our instant reaction if we want to sound less seat of the pants so uh, so stephen your hot take what's <laughs> what's your reaction to ascension of the cyberman um was there a story to this episode because I, I i couldn't really ascertain one Aside from that, I was getting quite a bit of deja vu about uh, last bit of humans and the Cybermen trying to uh, trying to delete them. Uh, I feel like maybe I just watched something very similar with a different Doctor and Master involved. Hmm. It was, yeah, that's my hot take. I'm not far away from you, you know. I'm really not. It was. Uh... It was just a bunch of stuff that was there. Um, I suppose if I want to try and be a little bit more analytical, um, there are three storylines here, three strands that I suppose are going to get pulled together next week. But there was only one of interest for me, and that was Brendan's story. And uh, every time we were wrenched back to either the Doctor's story or indeed Graham and Yaz's story, no not interested it just it it ticked over at a arthritic pace and it just had absolutely no grab there was no appeal there for me at all um all, all I really wanted to know was who was Brendan was he going to become this Cyberman who we saw last week initially and featured heavily in in tonight's episode was he Jack at one point where he <laughs> where he fell off the cliff? Right. And I was thinking, oh, they're not going there again somehow, are they? And I I don't know. The rest of it was just a bit of a... It was just there. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on the Brendan thing. Uh, I, I, and I was trying to ascertain if it was the same actor playing Brendan as it was playing this, this Cyberman. And, and 
but he had an Irish accent and then didn't have an Irish accent. <laughs> so I couldn't figure that part of it out. And I was actually thinking as I was watching it, it was so jarring when they kept going back to it. And mm. there was no, like the transitions mm. uh, in the edit were really, really bad. And so it almost seemed like it was con- happening happening concurrently with what, you're, what you were watching, which obviously wasn't true. I would have given kudos to Chibnall if the whole first half or three quarters of the episode was just about Brendan where it's hyping it up and all these Cybermen and there's the lone Cyberman, you get all this. And then we take a step back and then we get all of this backstory of this character who we don't know anything about and bring it in. And then somehow it ties Mm. in, but the three concurrent story story storylines was just, it was too much, especially since what, what the doctor and Yaz and Graham are doing wasn't very interesting (laughs) at all. They were just running from the Cybermen uh, haphazardly. And I, I think this is this has been one of my one of my biggest problems with with uh, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor is that it, she lacks the sort of confidence that the Doctor typically has. Where the Doctor usually, even even though he knows he doesn't know what he's talking about, sometimes he always acts like he does <laughs> and gets through it. And and it's sort of she's just so exasperated all the time, like she has no clue what is happening around I, her. I think when she suddenly gets those moments of realisation, and that's, that's where you get the uh, the monologues, the really fast, rapid delivery, uh, which is essentially exposition. So, you know, we, we've been watching uh, Death in Paradise uh, quite a bit. Now, you might think that's a bit of a left turn, but it, it really isn't. In terms of story structure, there's a murder every week. Something happens that, you, you know, you know is going to be investigated by a detective every week. And at the 20-minute mark and round about the 40 minute mark you get summaries of the plot you normally get all of the detectives meeting in either the police station or somewhere else and they discuss what they've found out so far that is what we get with Jodie Whittaker's doctor every now and again you get a slight break and you get an exposition of the plot and there are times when the exposition is really hard to assimilate as a viewer and and when things are happening so fast and on this occasion nothing was happening fast um and and even the direction exacerbated the speed of that the nothing happened if that makes sense the the first 15 20 minutes i almost had a headache because it was one of those handheld cameras it was so jarry when the the, the cyber ships were coming in and it it felt similar to how cloverfield was was filmed you know innovatively as it was say, 25 years ago and i just thinking I want this to calm down. I want to understand the story. I want to be invested in the story. There was nothing for me to get my teeth into at all. And and for me, I think for a penultimate episode to a series, it's almost unforgivable. The the three storylines, I'm, I'm going to make one more point here because I think this is this has happened in a number of different episodes this this uh, this year. Because we have three companions, you have to have separate things for them to do i accept that and doctor who has done that to varying degrees of success over over the years however given the way television is made now they've got to be much more independent i think those storylines than 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 they used to be and as a result you get extra characters so you get an, a kind of small little cast for each storyline and as a result the depth just disappears out of all of the guest cast so julie graham and all of the other guest cast, who I, I I don't know the names, I'm afraid, they just washed over yeah. me. They just don't mean anything, yeah. you know. And where you've got these deaths, that I mean, at least we are seeing deaths, I suppose. We are seeing some consequences this season. I, I, I don't care. 
you know, I've I've, I've forgotten yeah. the names of the characters. I've it, it's just so inconsequential, and uh, and and because I didn't get any kind of payoff for the intrigue for the first I don't know 25, 30 minutes of the episode, I lost interest and I started to become <laughs> not bored but frustrated. Yeah, and well, they, they, they introduced the the kid who doesn't speak much, and as soon as they introduced him, I knew he was going to die. <laughs> uh, the doctor shows up with all of this equipment, but and she knows what the cyber drones are when she sees them, but she didn't she she didn't think to 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 do anything to sort of protect from that. So we it, so it's just it, it, we just jump into the story, and and it's just, you're you're right. It's like these quick cuts and handheld cameras, and everything is at breakneck yeah. pace, but nothing is actually <laughs> happening. Um, and uh, and you just have this Cyberman who keeps going on and on about the Ascension, but you have no idea what it is. And there's no even there's not even any hints. There's no clues here. So there's nothing to sort of there's no foreshadowing so, so far. Um, and and so you, I just have no idea what's happening, and I, I'm sort of losing interest in what's happening. Like uh, that's the key thing, Stephen. I I don't think you or I really have a problem with not knowing what's going on because you can look at so many previous Doctor Who stories, both classic and modern era, where you just haven't got a clue, but you're intrigued anyway because you know you're going to get an answer. The real problem here, and particularly with the Chibnall scripts, you just don't know whether you're going to get any kind of payoff at the end. And therefore, not only are you not invested in the story, you, you don't really care at all about there being a resolution or, or when it starts to be explained, you've lost the will to live by them. <laughs> That's so true. He He's really... He's really good at, uh, at at coming up with these mysteries and then not solving them. So, so I mean, we're, now we've got the master back and we see Gallifrey, and so we'll probably, you know, and we know that the last episode is called the Timeless Child. So I assume that we're going to get some sort of re- resolution to that. But there's, you know, there's the 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 Ruth Doctor, there's the Timeless Child, there's the Master Gallifrey Cyberman. There's so many dangling threads here. And I just, I don't have, I don't have faith that Chibnall can pull it off. He's very bad at showing. He likes to just mm. tell. He's he's good at exposition dialogue. He's a little, his, his dialogue between people is often clunky because it is a lot of exposition. We've got so much backstory on the, the, the old man who was living on the planet. I can't remember what his name was. And, no, you know, a, you know, a little bit about the, the, the people, but we never got anything, you know, anything of interest there's no like anyone here that seems to have be any part of of solving any of these puzzles and so two of his episodes have huge voiceovers uh, at the end of them to say what is happening rather than just writing it into the story why do i i don't need a voiceover and so it just uh, so that's what i i feel like we're going to get at the we're going to get the master who's just going to explain everything to the doctor next week and we're just going to have to accept yeah. what happens. I, and uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And I and I'm wondering whether or not you know a lot of the criticism that Chibnall gets is actually valid. Uh, wh- wh- where they say, and I've heard it many times, is that he's just a bad writer. I I'm not convinced he is a bad writer. I think he is an exceptionally different kind of writer and he is a writer who does a lot more telling rather than showing and I mean that's been true in in practically all of his Doctor Who's Um, if you were to show a a bunch of fans um, an episode of Doctor Who that had been written by Moffat for example 
next to an episode that had been written by Chibnall when you didn't tell them a bit like the Diet Coke test yeah you know I think <laughs> fans would almost certainly identify who wrote which if they knew it was just one of two and that's because it's his style and I don't think that is going to change I think we are stuck with that nope. um, and we can moan about it and I do moan about it quite a bit I have to say because I'm not a fan of it I much prefer uh, a different kind of storytelling but it you know all of the characters have been designed to fit in with his way of telling stories that's why the doctor gives two or three minute information dumps every single episode it's because it fits in with his way of telling stories I, I think next next week has the possibility or has the potential to be interesting and it's only because on this occasion or certainly this series Chibnall has asked so many interesting questions without hinting at the result we, we don't know any of the potential resolutions from this episode this episode may as well have not have happened we are still as much in the dark now as we were just over an hour or so ago we, we don't know anything about Dr Ruth we don't know about uh, the alternate universe although we do know that there is a gateway to another universe now so perhaps that's uh, the beginnings of the resolution of um, of Dr Ruth who knows it's it's interesting but my god they try and bore you to tears and put you off wanting to know um how it all ends i'm i'm not there yet but um like you said at the beginning of the show it is this is such different doctor who to that which i'm used to it's so different and i'm i'm really yeah. really struggling as a as a fan who will still say Doctor Who is my favourite show on TV. Um, there is no other show I have enjoyed more or I have, I've had a longer, more intense and <laughs> up and down relationship with. God, it makes it sound like I'm talking about someone who it didn't work out with, who I was in a relationship with. In fact, I, I think I said a long time ago, I've been with Doctor Who longer than most women I've been with. So therefore, I kind of feel I feel entitled to, 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 to say, look, I'm very sorry. I am very disappointed by this. It doesn't mean it's the end of the relationship. It just means that we're not going through a good patch at the moment. And <laughs> I, uh, I, I would really like to get counseling and <laughs> yes know, yeah enjoying it again yeah. soon. i'm doing a little therapy watching old episodes <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I just i i feel exactly the same way it's just i i it is chibnall style and that's and that's fine it's just not it's just not what i uh, appreciate i i i um uh, I had to do this sketch for Gallifrey One, uh, mm. and uh, I said some of uh, the the Twelfth Doctor's lines from The Doctor Falls, that speech that he gives the two masters about uh, why he does what he does, and there's such power and feeling yeah. in that, and yeah. and it feels like he that the the his story arc went to that place. There was things happening, and every episode sort of brings him along and brings you along with that and you get this this speech that he gives and it's so it's so moving and and it, to me it encapsulates so many things that are great about Doctor Who about being kind and hopeful and and love and things like that and I just this the, the, all of this just feels sort of cold now I get the doctor's monologues I I can't think of a single thing that that um, that the Thirteenth Doctor has said that is sort of quotable or memorable in that way that has been that has really touched me in in any sort of way because what she does is just you know give dialogue she just she just 
it gives exposition, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and talks about what's happening around her. And we can figure that out on our own. We don't we don't need that. We need the driving, what's driving her to do what she's doing. I mean, regardless of the fact that Doctor might save planets, universes, species, characters, have some fascinating dialogue on occasion. But I just think all of that stuff doesn't have the lasting impact on me that other episodes have where where you can again compare the situation where planets are saved problems are dealt with the doctor is front and center of resolving these issues um, and it's had much much more of an impact on me I mean I, I watched this tonight with my wife and uh, my, my 11 year old and again they just got up and walked out afterwards as though you know it's like mm, that was a program and it's now over I mean Doctor Who is not supposed to be like that it is supposed to be <laughs> you know wowing and it's people are going to say well how have I not watched this series in the last 40 years before and at the moment I I think in terms of impact you could go back to some of the Sylvester McCoy stuff at the moment and it has a greater impact Uh, and yes it's bizarre and yes it's strange but it will stay with you a bit longer than this stuff it's just it's just bland and uh, anyway at at the um (laughs) <laughs> at the risk of just carrying on and venting my, my disappointment, um, I, I have actually made a couple of notes here and I'm going to mention a few things, see, see what you thought. And I, I'll, I'll term this as... Um, oh, good. I'll, I'll term this as things that I actually quite liked, right? So, I, again... <laughs> oh, good. I was going to... That was what I was going to ask you next, was let's, let, 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 we should talk about anything that we actually liked about the episode. So, please, yes, I'm looking well, forward to this I, list. Well, it's a short list, um, but I, I like the fact that you, you, you see the Team TARDIS, or the FAM, as I suppose I have to call them, um, materialise at the top of the episode, each with their own little piece of kit. And uh, I think we had... An inhibitor of some kind, a, a particle detector uh, that that picks up gold or something. So it's nice to know that's come back as well. And there was a, there was a couple of lines also um, where I think Judy Graham said, "No, we have no spare parts or anything along those lines," and that, that <laughs> registered as well. So little things like that that were totally and utterly inconsequential, despite the fact they feature in an inconsequential episode in itself, actually made me smile. That's it. That's, That's the end cool. of my list. That's your list. That's your list. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I was trying to. I was. I was struggling to find things that I liked. I mean, I. I thought that the, um, the the line we have the Cyberman on board who makes other Cybermen scream was a really yeah. uh, was a really good line, but it just came off as really sort of cheesy and, and like somebody wrote this line and threw it in there because it also doesn't explain why he's making the other Cybermen scream. No. He starts cutting one in half and then the next thing you know they're all they're all free. It doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense. Um it, it seems like it seems like that scene was thrown in just so they could throw in that line that they thought would be a good line in the episode. Oh, well there, there has to be a payoff for that and it, we we might we just must not have been told yet. Put it that way. I mean perhaps we'll get told yeah. um next week and if we're not then you're absolutely right. It was totally pointless. But, but I've yet to find a couple of lines that just thrown in for absolutely no reason whatsoever, and that's what this would have to be if there's yeah. no explanation next week. Yeah, I did. I I really like Sasha Dewan. I have to say, like, I think that uh, I think that he, uh, I like his 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 manic craziness. I like that he's a bit of a uh, a bit of a cartoon character um, in a good way because I, I like that I like the master being that way. So uh, I was. Uh, I, 
I wasn't shocked when he appeared at the end. Uh, I was slightly surprised. I, I I didn't think that we would necessarily get him back. Um, but uh, I am glad that he's back because I, I think he'll add something to next week's episode. So so that was my good point. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Singular. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I, I thought he was okay. I mean, I liked him in Spyfall. Uh, I, I thought there was depth to the character. Not for the same reasons you mentioned, actually. I, di- I didn't get the... The feel of a comic book villain, um, but particularly during his holographic message in, in Spyfall, I thought that was quite a deep master, uh, a little bit more competitive. Mm. But yes, once again, I mean, his entrance and it was an entrance um, in, in this episode was a little bit over the top and it felt a little bit of a hello, I'm, I'm here, you know, just in case um, you have considered stopping watching i'm back <laughs> um I, 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 the gallifrey thing at the end this big portal you know and gallifrey is at the other end of it i mean are we talking about an alternative universe gallifrey which is perhaps why it's been destroyed again i, I don't know have difficulty caring at yeah. the moment. i don't think that that's going to be the case unfortunately i think it's i'm not convinced that it's an alternate universe but i also uh just i it, to me it was fairly obvious that it was going to be gallifrey on the other side i don't know why oh, right. okay. but just watching him I'm like uh gallifrey's going to be there there's no, I, that's that's what's going to happen and uh it's but it just it seemed like the the the, the most logical uh, next step in that in, in, in that happening. So fair enough. I have to say, I didn't have a clue. Um, I did wonder who this Gandalf character was, and uh, at the ends, and it, this is the other thing. Just a, yet another character thrown in who who looks wise and has been sitting on this planet protecting the portal for countless years for no apparent reason. Again, and it's it's just like yeah, right, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm probably just finding ways of saying it had very little impact on me. And um, well, I mean, it, it's not a terrible episode. It's just totally inconsequential. No. And, and, and that's more yeah. offensive <laughs> than being a bad episode. Yeah. At least a bad episode I, tries. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, uh, it just it, it there's it. it there, it doesn't take any risks at all. It's just it's just there to set up next week. So. Uh, so we're set up for next yeah. week. Yeah, and I think we probably are too. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. because I've got nothing, nothing else to say. Um, which is, uh, which is strange. We've been recording for 20, 20 minutes or so, and I honestly have nothing else to say about an episode of Doctor Who. That's a first. Same. It's a first. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, hopefully next week we'll have more to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. So um, anyway, listeners, um, on that fairly non-committal review <laughs> uh, from the DWP, um, we still want to hear what you thought. I mean, did you think that was the best thing since, uh, I don't know, the latest redesign of the Cyberman or the last Cyberman finale? Or did you do you agree with us? I mean, did you see more than we saw? I mean, do let us know <laughs> because we're really, really keen to hear. Uh, feedback at the Doctor Who Podcast.com is our email address at the DR Who Podcast on Twitter, or you can search for the Doctor Who Podcast, as many of you have been doing, on Facebook and join in the conversation there. Stephen, it has been great to speak to you, but I do feel that we're getting old and grumpy, you know. <laughs> 
you know what? I've been old and grumpy since I was a kid, so this is nothing new for me. I just know what I like, James. I know what I like and what I don't like. That's all. Well, join us again next week when Stephen and I will be talking about our favourite episode, which is episode three of The Web Planet, and we like that one. (laughs) (laughs) The black and white filter works so much better than this modern-day rubbish. Anyway, Stephen, (laughs) thank you for joining us. It's been great to speak to you. And listeners... We'll speak to you again very soon. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks, James. Bye.
Jam.